Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. If you've just joined us, it's Eid Pray Love with myself, Tislima Ali, every Saturday and Sunday from 4 to 6 p.m. And of course, we are celebrating women. But before that, I've got a special invitation to extend to everyone. It is to the launch of the book called Thoughts of Perfection, The I Attract Affirmations by Ibrahim Monhrati which includes a motivational workshop. And this is happening at the Claremont Library. That is Library Square Wilderness Road, Claremont in Library Hall. And it's happening on the 20th of August, 2016. Starts at 9.30 for 10 um, a.m. And if, you, you can, if you're wanting to attend, you can contact Ibrahim at 082-3388-267. You can also email him at emongrati, which is E-M-O-N-G-R-A-T-I-E at gmail.com. Once again, it's his book, Thoughts of Perfection, which is being launched. And that number of his again is 082 Well, as I said earlier on, we are celebrating women this month. And mashallah, joining me in studio is Dr. Bahia Lahadin, who is a phenomenal woman for today. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, sister. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, sister Taslima and all the listeners out there. Well, mashallah, it's wonderful to have you um, in studio. I need to say that I had originally met um, sister Bahia at the and mashallah she has a wonderful family a beautiful family of little ones and originally when we meet sisters at these wonderful gatherings uh, for Allah's of sake you tend to only look at them as what you see little to know that sister Bahia is also a doctor and then also the Amira of Planet Mercy SA so sister you want to tell us a little bit about yourself Alhamdulillah Jazakallah khair again sister Haslima for inviting me and for Voice of the Cape Radio um, well you know me, Sister Salima. You're not originally Cape Townian. No, I'm actually, I'm actually originally from Johannesburg, mm-hmm. but um, we moved down when I was 12 years old. No Johannesburg accent then. <laughs> I know. Initially, when I was just started high school here, because uh-huh. I started high school here, um, people could pick up on something different. It's not completely Cape Townian. Okay, so you've been in Cape Town for a while. Then. For a while now, alhamdulillah. Um, yes, I went to high school here and then did university at UCT Medical School, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um, and then after, after qualifying, I, I got married. Uh, it was one year internship, and then my community service year at the end. Mm-hmm. Got married, Alhamdulillah, to a Cape Townian. <laughs> mashallah. And now it's Mashallah, three boys and one girl. Yes, that's correct. Okay, uh, I got the I've, numbers right this alhamdulillah, time. Alhamdulillah, I've got uh, Nuria is seven. Alhamdulillah, and then there's uh, Muhammad Ihsan will be six in November. Then I have Muhammad Ali who's two, and then Hussein who's eight months now. Mashallah, and then you you are still ma- practicing medicine as well. Yes, Alhamdulillah. Look, with the with the kids, it does take up your, most of your time, mm-hmm. and you have to manage um, between being a mother and being a doctor. So what I've opted for is basically being taking the 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 doctor aspect 
to a little bit more part time just to spend as much time with the kiddies as I can. You know, once they, they get into the school routine and a little bit older, then maybe go back a bit longer. So I'm practicing uh, every Friday and Saturday, some Saturdays at a friend of mine's practice in Bifrit. Oh, yes. I'm going to actually ask you about that because that's a big decision yes. um, in terms of, of um, practicing medicine. I mean, it's something that I would think it's quite demanding in its own way, depending if you are at a hospital or a practice. But you have found it important to make that time to be with your children, especially at such a young age. Would you mind if I asked you uh, what, what made you feel that at this point, right now, it's the kids and that they need me right now? Alhamdulillah, when... um when I found out that I'm going to be having Nuria, mm-hmm. it was uh, quite a big change in my life, you know. Um, so I was married just for a little while and then, okay, I'm going to be a mother. And it just it struck a chord in you because you realize that it's not only yourself that you have to, you know, look, take care of or, or see to it's a, it's a human being, the samana that you've been given from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to make sure that I take the time and the effort and put as much as I could. Not saying that uh, my mummies that are working are not t- taking, but mm-hmm. the, uh, as a personal decision, I felt for me, I would want to spend as much time as I could with my kids. And it, it doesn't mean that I'm not a doctor. It doesn't mean that you're fulfill, not fulfilling your other roles that you have. But it's just it's just striking the balance. And then also, as you know, and you, 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 we met at the Dikr, um, that's also something that uh, is very important in my life. It's mm-hmm. that you... Because during your, your academic years in university, you spend a lot of time focusing on that. It takes a lot of your time. Then, you know, sort of like Islam, but it, it yeah, you, you, you're not doing any other Islamic studies at that point because it, it's so demanding. So now I, I like, I'm attending the kids on a, on a Friday. We have ladies' dickers and there's some kids' dickers that we have as well. So it's, it's trying to, to have our children grow up in that environment. Can I ask yes. you, sorry to cut you no. now, when you had become a mother, did the necessity to also grow spiritually, to seed yourself yes. and like really put yourself into what Islam is so that you can convey it to your children become more important? Absolutely, because if, if I look at uh, Nuria now, she is, Subhanallah, and all my kids, they really learn from you. Mm. Um, you know, when it's time for your salah and the little ones are jumping on your back, you understand? <laughs> it's, it's how they grow up. So it's, it's very important to you yourself. If the, it's, a, it's a reflection on yourself. You have to look and see, okay, am I a good Muslim in the first instance? Mm. Because whatever is coming out of my mouth, whatever I'm doing, how I'm practicing my Islam is going to reflect on your children. So that's an important aspect. Yes, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And then... Of course, looking and hearing all of this already. So, so mommy does do work as well, and yes. then full time mommy, and then you are um, you of course in the vicars and stuff as well. But you make time to also do some dawah work where you serve as the Amira to Planet Mercy South Africa. Yes. So, how do you strike a balance there? Alhamdulillah. So, so having that time, you, you've got your time with your kids, but. When the, on the times that you're not busy with him, um, so I've, I've started the um, joint, I've joined Planet Mercy, Alhamdulillah, South Africa. It's actually a global uh, organization. organization. We've got places in um, Malaysia as well as the UK, it's Planet Mercy UK, and it was started by Sheikh Mohammed bin Yahya Hosseini Al Nenui. And basically, it, it's a it's a space where we, we it's a, it started small, but started about five years ago. 
but um, it's more established and we're growing very nicely, mm-hmm. alhamdulillah. So there's like, we do different uh, things. So we have like your fitra parcels in the Ramadan and we have got now, currently we're running our Qurbani project. So if anybody would like to, you can go to our website, it's planmercy.org.za or you can have, like us on Facebook, uh, Plan Mercy South Africa. And um, so we do those things. We also have, a, uh, a, we started a soup kitchen mm. on, a, on a Thursday and it's alhamdulillah, we also have. That's where a group of ladies Actually yes, come it together. was a group of ladies. Just a group, and then what happened was one of our ladies that are actually uh, Auntie Nadima. She's actually in Johannesburg now at the moment, yeah, sure and she's yeah, she's she's doing uh, taking plan of mercy from Cape Town and, and spreading, spreading it. Alhamdulillah. Yes, so um, she got a container for her, for us, mm. and what we did was she found this this um, organization called Jabulani. It's uh, in Parkwood in the Parkwood community, and these were these ladies, Auntie Yasmin, who has been cooking for fifteen years. And they had this little dilapidated, broken down container where they were cooking from. And so come rain or shine, they were in the rain. And Alhamdulillah, at this point that we're at now, we've got a few containers there. I mean, the area is covered and they're feeding every day there. So Alhamdulillah, and there's a, a madrasa there as well. So there's a lot of work that, that's being done. Alhamdulillah, and it must be so fulfilling to actually see your the fruits of your work, actually. SubhanAllah, to, to be honest, Sister Taslima, if I look at it, just being the Amira, as you put it, it's more you facilitating, but the, it's the team that's actually doing all the work alhamdulillah alhamdulillah yes so if, if i look at it without them they wouldn't we wouldn't be have the, the you know that with the dedication that they have with with uh, the service that they're giving alhamdulillah yeah that's the team definitely alhamdulillah we need to go in for a quick ad break and then we get to tap into sister bahia's spiritual side as she shares an insight into Sayyidah Khadija with us eat pray love with Taslima Ali Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. If you've just joined us, we joined in studio by Dr. Bahia Lahadin. And before the break, she's been telling us a little bit about herself, mommy, uh, doctor, Amira of Planet Mercy South Africa, and then also one of the sisters of the Alawi Hussein in Inuizavia. Today, she is going to be doing a special nasiha for us on Sayyidah Khadija. So you want to open it first, Sister Bia? Jazakallah again, once again, Sister Aslima. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Rabbi shakli sadri wa sirli amri wa lukhtalan misani afaqoli. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin Nuri wa alihi. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin Nuri wa alihi. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin Nuri wa alihi. Sister Aslima, before I carry on, I just wanted to say that initially I was very hesitant. <laughs> To, to do the topic that you asked me to do. But I need to tell you why I chose you. Because having looked at, you know, I was looking and I was I was looking at all of these magnificent Sahabia that we have. Yes. And somehow, Sarah Khadija, I don't know what it is, but it, in terms of her being the wife of the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the mother of his children, I, and you carry so much of her strength, subhanAllah, in, in the ways that I know you. So I thought it was perfectly suited. Allah <laughs> bless you for your husnadan, and I'll increase you more, inshallah. you too, sister. Um, as I was saying, I'm not a scholar or a student at the end, but just an ordinary Muslim, an ordinary Muslim, trying to, to get closer to my Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, so just for a while, I just looked at the page, uh, 
Khadija bin Khawailid. And I realized that Allah Ta'ala was giving me this, this great opportunity to revive her blessed name in my heart first and foremost and mind that, and to reflect on the many lessons that we can gather from her life and then also to implement within my life first as a Muslima, inshallah, what her, how her life and what all the lessons that she Ameen. learned from her life. Ameen. So that with that, inshallah, I hope that all those listening will also take the opportunity to remember her name, Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha, to mention it, Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha, to speak about her, Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha, her life, her strength, and her sacrifice for the deen of Islam for us, and to love her, for she was Ummul Mu'mineen, the mother of the believers, our mother. Allah Ta'ala, subhanahu wa ta'ala, said the wives of the Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they are all our mothers. And she was the first mother in Islam. So, so with that, one of the other things I want to just make mention of is that the fact that she was one of, she's also one of the four leading women of Jannah, Sayyidah Asya Maaf, Maryam, and also Sayyidah Fatima and Sayyidah Khadija I once asked um, Sheikh, Sayyidi Sheikh Muhammad bin Yahya Hussaini al-Nanawi which of the women in Islam which of the Sahabiyat is best among them that we as women could aspire to being like now I know the, the question seemed unfair but I just wanted to as a start maybe find out who of those to focus on and then obviously from there to the others and without hesitation he said Khadija radiallahu anha for she was half of Islam. And I thought that was so profound. And if you think about it in the sense of when you get married, you, comp- you know, they say you complete, complete half, of your your deen, half of your deen. And subhanAllah, and this was exactly it. But a little bit more in that because she stood by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when in the toughest of times, when he wasn't known yet to be Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, she gave everything for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And she gave everything for the deen and for the propagation of the deen and for the da'wah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. If we look at her, most everybody knows that she was a very extremely rich businesswoman. businesswoman. And she was married before. And what, what, she, what she used to do, they obviously at that time, being a widow, she, they sent, as, an, as a businesswoman, they sent, used to send traders to like Syria and all of that. And one of her traders or one of our merchants was Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Because she chose him because he was honest and truthful. He was known as Sadiqul Amin. And he was trustworthy. She also sent him with one of her servants, Maysara. And he used to, he would, he'd report back. As soon as they got back, he reported back on who Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was. And just from his reports, she was already intrigued by him. She was already interested and wanted to know a little bit more about him. So when he came to her and he gave her reports of her business and how things had went, there was something about him that struck her. Something about Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And um, a lecture that I've listened to by Sheikh Nenewi and he said that it was almost as if when, and then when he left her, he took her heart with her. And then or af- after that, um, one of her close friends came to her, Nafisa. Now, when, after, whenever the traders come back, and then obviously like the, 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 she wanted to uh, talk to her about how things went and all of that. And she was, she, ta- she asked her, do you think that Rasulullah sallallahu well, do you think that Muhammad at that time, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, would be interested in me? And I thought this is so profound, this, this woman who is so powerful in a sense because mm. she had money, she had everything that in our times we think is 
this is an amazing moment. That would make you eat. Yes, mm. that would make you eat. And to, to have this, this sort of shyness that mm. um, you're thinking that, I suppose because he was younger, but then again, she had many people coming to her, many proposals before that. Mm. So uh, her friend, Nafisa, went to him and said, okay, she's going to find out like what... What does it feel? What do you think? So she went to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and she wanted to inquire, you know, and um, would he be interested in getting married, and why is he not married? And at that time, he was still very attached to his mom. You know, he lost his mom when he was six years old, so he was very attached to his mom, and that's the only woman he knew. And obviously, uh, Sayyid Halima, who he was was his uh, his nurse, his witness, right? And so he was also. He was shy in the sense that, what could he give to it? You know, when you get married, you're supposed to have, well, as people think, money and, uh, you know, and he was an orphan. But she said, no, but you have good lineage and all that. And she, 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 she Nafisa said, um, what about if there's a woman that has money and good lineage and everything? And he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, obviously could see who she was talking about because at that time, said Khadija was well known to be mm. this, this, this woman that uh, had basically everything and, and he was the profile yes and 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 for him it was if she's interested in me inshallah so then what they did was they took said uh, hamza and abu talib his two uncles with him and then they went to say khadija and alhamdulillah we know from there they were married subhanallah um it was a big wedding it was, it was a big i think um one of the lectures i attended with the ustada masuda mukadam she she did one of the lectures at one of the dikrs that i went to she was saying that that was actually the first walima that was that happened because they invited everybody everybody could come along and it was quite a feast and even um halima who the witness of the rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam she came because she had a deep love and a deep affection for Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So she wanted to come to the wedding, and when she came, and normally you'd give gifts to the wedding or to the couple. To the couple. But it was actually her who who got the gift, and uh, when she left, uh, said Khadija radiallahu anha, so beautifully gave her forty uh, sheep to go or to take home. Subhanallah. She was, so she was, said Khadija she was, was a generous. she was extremely generous woman. I think the fact that she had so money, so much money never it never went to her head. Um she was extremely humble and she was extremely generous generous, Alhamdulillah. Um if you look at that, so so they were married and uh, one thing I just want to touch about in, in marriage, when you're looking for a, a spouse, when you're looking for a partner, yes it's yeah, we do live in difficult times and you can't you sometimes you think but you know you need to have something but we should make it a little bit more easier mm-hmm. and that's what the sunnah of the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam it wasn't difficult to get married as long as your spouse or your partner has good deen and akhlaq that's subhanallah because those are the the raw materials that you need because this person potentially will be your your the father potentially be the mother so those are the things that you need that will carry you know carry you forward and draw you because for me uh, it's the, the husband and wife are going together towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you need somebody strong in deen and somebody strong in akhlaq, inshallah. Um, I think to note that, subhanallah, Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really took care of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa If you look at Surah Duha, uh, that's Surah 93 verse 8, basically where Allah ta'ala says that he found you poor and made you rich. Subhanallah. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you reflect on that ayah, it was... He was without, and then all of a sudden, subhanAllah, Khadija came into his life, and they 
there was many alhamdulillah and there was you so allah ta'ala subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of you he always takes care of you do you know sister bea sorry yes. to cut you that's no, such fine. a beautiful thing you know there's two things that that stand out so beautifully the one is getting married where today we find it such a costly affair yes. and though the, i think one of the things that always stands out oh what family is he from um once the nikah is over oh, what did she get yes. and this is i hope that so many are actually listening because it's really not about that and then the other thing is in the sense where the woman is wealthy where she does come from a more affluent family people tend to automatically automatically think oh married her for the money mm. so our mindsets really have to change of course and even if you think about it uh, you think that um sayna rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam because of the power and the status that said Khadija had mm. you would have said no it's fine you know and a lot of I know there's a lot of men folk out there that don't really want to have a, a, a woman who's or they're okay. shy that yes. they, you know but mm. they, I think they, as long as there's understanding between the two parties that should be no problem inshallah inshallah so as our story goes on um Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and uh, Sayyidina Khadija had 15 years of good life. Alhamdulillah, um, she bore him six children, two boys, Qasim and Abdullah, and Sayyidina Zainab, Ruqiyya, Mkulthum, and Fatima al-Zahra. And subhanAllah, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when the, both of their boys died in infancy. So he was not, both of them, Khadija, and to, I mean to lose a child, you know, is something... I, I can't even be, begin to imagine what that must have been like. But Alhamdulillah, she had lots of sabr and patience and, strove, I mean, and through that she still, you know, continued on. Alhamdulillah, then came the message of Islam. Just, but just prior to that, um, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam loved to be in seclusion. He always, that was something that he loved to do, contemplate on things. And um, Khadija radiallahu anha used to allow for that, you know. Um, because that was part of who he was. But she loved him so much that she used to send a guard for safety, to keep him safe, but without him knowing. I thought that was so beautiful, subhanAllah, <laughs> that she's not doing like that. And then came revelation, Ikra. Sayyidina Jibreel came to Rasulullah and and the, the verses, the five verses of Surah Alaq were revealed, subhanAllah. And it was such a big thing for him because imagine something like that happens. For all these years, you've been in seclusion, you've been, um, con- you know, and, 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 and nothing so dramatic happens. And all of a sudden, an angel comes to you and tells you to read, subhanAllah. To imagine, just picture yourself, imagine what you would go, what he was going through, subhanAllah. And she, he ran to his wife. He ran to Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha. And she consoled him. She, 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 she hugged him and he said, cover me, cover me. And she, she, he told her about this. And she said to him, that, and she, let's look at this sister Taslima. She had so much yaqeen. The yaqeen that Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha is so, so beautiful, subhanAllah. She told him that Allah Ta'ala will never let you down. So whereas he, we, could, we wouldn't know what, the, what went through the mind of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But imagine coming to your wife with something so big, something so huge, and telling him that you've seen a, an angel. She should have been like, what are you, crazy? What's going on? No, man, don't talk about that stuff. People think you're possessed or all these things, you know. It's just taking my own, my own reflections, what you would think. But, you know, in that time, in that moment, that was a response. It just shows you the character of 
Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha. And then what happened was um, he, he fell asleep and then she went to her cousin Waraka bin Nawafil and he confirmed that this is the Prophet of your Ummah. This is the Prophet of the people. You know, and she went back and he was sitting Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was still asleep at that time. And then what had happened was so she waited. And in that moment also it, it was it was getting quite hot and you could see he was sweating. And then the, the ayah came, was revealed, Surah Al-Muddathir, Ya ayu al-Muddathir, kum fa'angdir wa rabbuka fa'kabbaka fa'kabbir. And that's, it's saying that, oh you who is covered, get up. Basically, Allah Ta'ala is giving the message, get up and, you know, and, and spread the message of Islam. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. We need to go in for a quick ad break and inshallah we'll be back. The voice of the king. Eat, pray, love. With Taslima Ali. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. If you've just joined us, we have Dr. Bahia Lahirin in studio with us. And before the break, she's been giving us a beautiful nasiha on Zayda Hadija. So you want to complete um, that, um, Sister Bahia? Yes, alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khair, Sister Aslima. So as we were talking about before we went into the break, um, the revelation came. So it was a time when there were new Muslims and uh, one of the... One, uh, Abbas, which is the uncle of Rasulullah related that he saw three individuals going to the Kaaba to pray. Uh, this man actually asked him, who were those three individuals? The one was Sayyidina Rasulullah Sayyidina Khadija anha, which is the first first woman to accept Islam and Ali, Sayyidina Ali, who was the first boy, child to accept Islam Alhamdulillah. And they were seen making sada, making sujood. So obviously this drew attention from the Quraysh and for the, from the people within Mecca. And from that time on, the message of Islam spread and spread. And the Quraysh, they weren't really happy about it, you know, and they were given. And at that time, to such an extent that um, there was a time when they put an embargo on all the Muslims. So no food, no drink, no, no anything. They were... They were forced out of Makkah. They were forced out of Makkah and all the Banu Hashim, which was the, the, the tribe of Rasulullah were forced out of Makkah. And at that time, they said Hadija didn't have to go because she wasn't part of that that um, that tribe. But she wouldn't leave Zayna Rasulullah side. And she gave in that time, because they didn't know how long it would be that now they would be out without, she gave all of her money to with for the dawah, everything that she had. And so it went on, time went on, time went on, and it was for three years that the, the Muslims were under the embargo, where they suffered. They was they were literally starving. Now think about it in this time and with everything that's going on with our refugees and everything, how it must have been for the Muslims and for your, to, even to maintain your Islam in that time through all those difficulties. And the last year of the embargo was what the Nabi wasallam called the year of sadness, Amul Khusn. It was the year that Sayyidah Khadija anha, passed away. And it was actually a double tragedy because he lost Sayyidah Khadija and he lost his beloved uncle Abu Talib, and she, he lost her at this age. She was only 65 years old. 
before that time, the Messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told her, Khadija, here is Jibreel. He commanded me to say salam, to give you and to give you the glad tidings of a home of pearl in paradise in which there will be no toil or hardship. She replied, Allah is the giver of salam, peace. Peace be upon Jibreel and peace May peace and mercy of Allah be upon you. Subhanallah. So in that time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, almost comforting her, gave her, actually sent Jibreel alayhi salam to give her salam, subhanallah, and to, to give her the glad tidings. So she, in a sense, gave up her dunya for her akhirah, which I think is so beautiful, subhanallah. Subhanallah. Um, Sayyidah Aisha actually relates that in a hadith that she, uh, she related, narrated that once the messenger of Allah subhanahu uh, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Was sitting with Khadija No, Maaf, that was the wrong one <laughs> I think I'm getting a bit uh, Maaf Sayyidah Aisha said That the messenger of Allah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Really went out of the house Without mentioning Khadija And praising her One day he spoke of her And I grew very jealous And I said Was she not an old lady With whom Allah has replaced you for With a better woman? His face changed And he answered No, by Allah Allah did not replace her with any better woman, for she believed in me when people disbelieved. She supported me with her wealth when people denied me their material aid. And Allah blessed me with children from her while I was denied children by other women. Aisha radiallahu anha and has said, and she shall never speak unfavorably about her again. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. <laughs> and I think just, the, just to, to end the last thing I wanted to, I wanted to say about... Um, Sayyidah Khadija is that it's actually a quote by, Sayyidina, by Sheikh Muhammad bin Yahya Hussaini and Nenawi. As many years after she passed away, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam spoke of his love for her, his wife Khadija radiallahu anha. She believed in me when the people disbelieved in me. She trusted me when people said I was not trustworthy. And she gave me her money when people prevented me. And I was given the risk of her love. Rizqtu khubbaha. Subhanallah, sister. Subhanallah, absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. And yeah, and so just with that, I would like to encourage in everybody to just read about Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha. Remember her in your homes. Um, I, I just or recently my sister-in-law, her, her sister-in-law gave birth and, she, and the baby's name is Khadija. Mashallah. Subhanallah. And it's important that we remember the, the, the pious ones before us, but especially our mother of our believers. And she should be in our hearts and be in our minds. And we should remember that she gave absolutely everything for Islam. And I would like to encourage everybody, taking her example in whatever capacity that you are able to. That's why we have organizations like Planet Mercy. That's why we have other organizations as well. Do anything that you can to do something, you know, and give in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether it be your time, whether it be your money, whether it be your effort, anything you can, but for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to propagate the deen and for the da'wah, inshallah. Inshallah. Absolutely beautiful sister, um, Dr. Bahia. I need to thank you for obviously joining us on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and for giving us this beautiful window into Sayyidah Khadija. I think there's so many lessons to be learned and to be taken home. I think there's so many of our Sahabia that whose personalities we can relate to. And it's so important to reconnect. It's so important that we often revive their history and their legacy as an imam for ourselves because our nafs can take over so easily so when your husband is struggling and there's that 
issue and yes you're taking out your loss to give him it shouldn't be one with that comes with a complaint because Sayyidina Khadija gave everything of her own freely freely for the sake of Islam freely for the love of the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and just imagine that as a woman as a woman to be loved the first wife of the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that beautiful connection it's like the most amazing I you know I just love romance and this yes. would be the most beautiful love story they could be I mean if you want if you're thinking about it and you in your you want to you know you love this all these love stories but this was the most beautiful love story of all subhanallah you, you know, um, Sister Bahia, before uh, with the Rashad plays us a special track, acknowledging our mommy is amazing. I was even thinking now, at the time she was married to the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and Sayyidina Fatima was just a little girl. SubhanAllah. And you know, recently when we got to listen to that as well, they would climb up that mountain at a time when people were thinking, my God, my husband's crazy. He's telling us all of these things that are insane. She really, really stood by him and she believed in him. SubhanAllah. And as much as we want our men to appreciate us and spoil us and and treat us like a lady we also need to be prepared to be that woman to give back and to stand by them I think that's important sister, is to think that especially if your husband is doing for the work for the Dean or doing something good it's so important to us to support support him as well as the opposite as well and he's supposed to support you and so so that our children can grow up with it and mm -hmm. they can see that this is the way it's, that it's supposed to be this is the way that we're going to live Islam essentially inshallah so sister Bayam, I'm going to ask you for your last few words uh, it being woman's man having looked at Sayyid Hadija serving the community as a medical doctor encouraging those to get involved in dawah with planet mercy south africa and most of all in being a mother and a wife what would your message be to all of our sisters listening subhanallah um a dua that i always make for myself often um, is that allah ta'ala place me wherever i am needed and let me be content with his decree so that Despite what I may feel or where, where I think I should be, that Allah guide me to and place me in that position where I can be most of benefit, where, he, where I can be most of benefit to others, despite what maybe other people are thinking. So wherever you are sitting, mommy, auntie, sister, whatever you are doing, whether it be just a lot, oftentimes people, you know, your mother is at home and and the role is underplayed but that doesn't matter it's important to that and to understand that that is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you, you are supposed to be um, it's important that if you think about balance and balancing it's you balancing your roles that you are given as a mother as a wife whatever it may be as a doctor as a lawyer it's balancing your your life around Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala following the deen of Islam Quran and authentic Sunnah, and with that, inshallah, we try and draw closer to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Shukran so much, Sister Bia, for joining us on Voice of the Cape 91.3. Inshallah, may Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala keep you in the good health, mm -hmm. um, love and company of all of those that mm -hmm. love our beloved as much as you do. And inshallah, may your kids grow up in your true example. Inshallah. Amin. Jazakallah khair for you, Sister uh, Sister Taslima, and may we all be with.
Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha and Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and all the pious ones before us okay. in the Akhirah. Ameen. Ameen. And before we go, I'm going to let you send special greeting. I know Nuri and Umar are still listening <laughs> so quickly, sister. Okay. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah to my, my daughter Nuria. I hope you're listening. And Muhammad Ihsan and Ali, Muhammad Ali and um, Hussein. And then also my sister, Sakina, who's staying with me this weekend, inshallah. And my dear brother, Muhammad Nuruddin. <laughs> Okay, Shukran to you, Sister Bia. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.